Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion, and my guest today is a mental health professional, Ms. Shanavia McKinney. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this for a while because we had a conversation like offline one time, and it always speak, it's always sparked my interest, but we never got to follow up on it. Mm-hmm. So, so for those listening currently, what is your current career profession? So I am a, the chief operations officer for a healthcare company. And how, oh. how do you like that? Um, so it is very interesting. Um, you know, it is something that keeps you engaged and always challenges your abilities. So, um, so yeah, so it's, I love it because I love helping people. Um, but yeah, it can be very overwhelming sometimes. So how important to you is mental health? Um, so mental health is so important to me because, um, once your mind goes, uh, I feel like, everything else can go at that point. Um, even through being in this company, through the position I'm in, I see so often a lot of people recover because they've, you know, addressed the mental health component of, um, a lot of their, um, situations, um, even through like, you know, people having divorce or, you know, the loss of a child and those type of things, um, really working on the mental health component of it, not just like physical health or spiritual health is really, um, really, really important. So when you say recover, I'm assuming you're talking like from physical ailments? Yeah, from physical ailments, you know, where their mind is so strong and like, you know, they're really able to still cognitively be with you and understand um, what they need to do. Um, and, you know, again, I've seen people have, you know, traumatic breakdowns or mental health, um, you know, breakdowns. And then, you know, just all of a sudden their health starts to decline. Um, so for me, mental health is really important, especially for me, you know, going through um, a divorce myself and, you know, having to, you know, trauma looks different for everybody. And that was a very traumatic experience for me. Um, because it was a big, you know, life-changing moment. And a lot of times how you, um, how, you know, how you work on your mental health can really impact, you know, resiliency, I guess, in a sense, or your ability to bounce back from situations. Well, you, since you, you touched on it, I'm not going to go too personal, but mm -hmm. like, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Like, um, was it depression? Um, yeah, I was very, you know, um, well, depression now that I'm like studying it more, you know, has its, I guess, symptoms that you have to meet. But again, like I said, everything looks different for everybody and you can go through a, a brief depression, depressive state. And for me, like it was really hard because, you know, you go through life thinking that your life is going to turn out one way. And then when it doesn't, um, especially because it's hard choices that you have to make. It can, it can make you very, very sad. Let me say that. Um, and you can get in a depressive state. And I felt like I was at that point because I just didn't know what to do. Um, and like I said, I mean, people, 
you know, um, minorities, uh, we're very resilient, um, but sometimes we just have to go through our struggle and find our strength to get through something. And for me at that time, like I had to figure out like how to, um, you know, break through and overcome like the sad state that I was in because my life was changing. Was there any, was there anything specific that you did? Um, yeah, I started working out. <laughs> I had gained so oh, much yeah. weight and people were like, oh, you, you know, you're so small. You were never big. And I was like, what? You hadn't seen these photos. <laughs> and I feel like I'm always, I need to put it like as like a screensaver. So every time people say that to me, I can be like, uh, do you see this person here? Um, and I remembered like what happened was, um, I didn't even realize a lot of times we are, you know, mentally not in such a good mood and we don't even know it until someone from the outside looking in is having these conversations with you. And that's why I feel like therapy and counseling is really important. Um, but yeah, my friend was like, if you don't like the way you look in these photos, you don't like the way you look. And I, I had to think about it and I was like, oh my God, I don't. And I'm not happy with myself. I don't feel good. Yeah. And then I was like, what? And I'm about to be single. Let me get my life together. <laughs> so I just started working out. I was like, let me get back out here. What's going on? But they say like, once you start working out, it, you know, it also, your, your body emits some kind of like uh, chemicals that, that help you feel good. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, even for me, like, you know, working out was, um, it, it started more about like relieving stress. Like a lot of people, when they get stressed, you know, they respond to it in different ways. And again, it's healthy stress and unhealthy stress. And so for me, like my situation changing was stressing me. I was, you know, working for a company that, you know, kept me really busy and then now becoming a single parent and so I had like all this stress and um, yeah. And so I had to find a way to not have this stress cause any type of heart attack or something. And, um, and like I said, the motivation to be like, um, I'm about to get back out here. Um, so yeah, so I started working out and I would just run like that was it. Like I would just really focus on running. I didn't really do too much um, like other stuff. Um, and yeah. And then, I just started to feel better, um, not even weighing myself. I just noticed the difference that I had in like clothes and how I felt and I had more energy. And so, yeah, it, it does, it, um, I, I'm not a health nut, so I don't know the, the terms <laughs> for it, but I think it's like the endorphins or something like you get. Yeah, that's what it is, endorphins, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah. So were you, because this was such a personal journey for you, personal mm -hmm. journey for you, were you did you find yourself working out alone did you have like a group that you were working out with how did you do it oh actually it was the person that was like if you don't like these photos um you need to do something about it <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so yeah well actually it started in the house so yeah you know it started in the house and i was like literally like running to beyonce's photo on my treadmill like i'm about to get out here and um and then uh, yeah, and then I started going to the gym because I'm just not a gym person. But yeah, it was it was um, it started at home first, yes, and then yeah, and then I started going to the gym. Um, 
with, you know, a friend's help because I was like, oh, I really don't feel like doing it. But it's like when you pay for a membership and you also know somebody's meeting you, you get real motivated really quick. So you also mentioned like, you know, you was about to be single. So um, you felt like, you know, changing your personal appearance would, would help. Like, you know, you know, you newly on the market. So I guess you wanted to change your parents also to kind of help. Oh, yes, definitely. I was like, uh, I need to get in a whole bunch of cute outfits and uh, show, you know, this good positive side that I always was. Um, because, yeah, that unhealthy person was just very, it, um, I, was, I was unhappy. Um, and I never felt comfortable or pretty enough to, like, do anything. And so, I mean, I first have to feel good about myself and my, the way I want people to treat me. So I felt like going out there not being confident in myself would possibly lead me to somebody that would take advantage of me emotionally. And I, I wasn't having that. Well, yeah, that's, that's real interesting. That's real interesting. Cause it's like, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, you're not feeling good about yourself, not having real genuine confidence. Cause sometimes you could just be telling yourself you feel good, you look good. But in reality, both of them false. You just lying to yourself. Right. Right. And there's so many people that do that. They'd be like, oh my God. And then like when they go home in the mirror, they're like crying and I wasn't going to be that person. Like I really <laughs> had to, you know what I mean? Like I had to really like date myself and be okay with myself and be like, girl, yeah, you cute. Um, I mean, of course we have like insecurities, um, you know, that we, you know, things that we're like, oh, you know, um, my forehead might be big or, you know, like I can't wear my hair this way. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just overall having uh, some sort of self-esteem is really important. And I feel like as women, especially being a mother, um, you know, it's important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're pretty confident in uh, the decisions that you make and, and what you want. And that was one of the biggest things, like going through therapy, when she asked me what I want, I, was, I really had to think about it. I was like, well, what do I want? You know, like, what kind of man do I want? Or what kind of, you know, um, relationship do I want? And I had to, like, you know, I had to really, like, self-reflect and, and think about it. But I also knew that if I wasn't going to take care of myself, then how was I going to expect for somebody else to take care of me? Wow, that's that's a good point. Did you, was there, did you have, like, a time frame in your mind that you, that you wanted to stay single? Like, like, you was like, okay, I'm going to use, I'm going to take, six months i'm gonna take a year to just be by myself or it was just like i'm just gonna let things happen the way they had gonna happen um you know what it wasn't even me having a time frame it was more like all the other people in my life telling me a time frame um it was like my dad felt like even though you're separated you can't date until you're divorced um i had my parents friends like oh don't rush back out there um, but I did understand all of their, like, you know, um, their advice because they just wanted me to be sure about what I wanted. Um, so I did not have a time frame. I feel like everybody else was giving me their time frames. I just knew that I needed to figure out what I wanted because when I first, um, when I first separated from my ex-husband, it was about like, oh my God, I'm not going to be with anybody else. I never want to get married again. Like, it's just going to be me and my son. 
right? And I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but then I was like, uh, that's not even realistic. And then my friends was like, so you not gonna date anybody? Like what? Um, but I, you know, I think that was just my way of saying like, I don't really know how to date and I haven't done it in so long. And I think it was just kind of this, I don't know, defense mechanism I was using. Um, so I didn't really have a time frame. I just, I, I had it, I didn't have a time frame. I just had to wait for the right time, I guess. That's understandable. That's understandable. Now you, you yourself, you actually did seek help, which was great. Mm -hmm. But what do you think some of the biggest challenges the black seeking help with mental health is? Uh, I feel like it's a stigma. And I think that's why, I mean, I'm currently in school now to become a mental health counselor and, I feel like as minorities, we are always like, oh, what's, what's in my house stays in my house, or, you know, um, I don't need your advice. <laughs> um, you can keep your opinions to yourself. Um, or we, you know, we just, we run to like a friend. And sometimes those things can really be um, detrimental to our future and we don't realize it. Um, because I never wanted to be one of those people that felt like I was wasting all these years of my life. Um, and I felt like I needed a professional to help. And, you know, thankfully the person that I was married to at the time understood the same thing and was willing to go to therapy. Um, but yeah, I just, I think for us, it's just always like something that we just don't do. Like, you know, like we get everybody else's opinion and advice for free. And why should we pay somebody that's been educated for years, trained in a licensed professional to give us the, the real deal, you know? Um, I, you know, it's, it's just about changing that, you know, perspective of I don't need this type of help um, to it's healthy to get this type of help. We, and we don't, about... sometimes we don't even, I'm sorry, sometimes we don't even realize we're getting it though. Like sometimes people join like support groups and things like that. And they don't realize those groups and that concept of, you know, group um, talk is, is a form of therapy. Um, I mean, you definitely want to have it moderated by, you know, someone that is a licensed professional, but some people don't realize that peer, su group, peer support groups and those type of things, you know, are a form of therapy. Now, what about um, finances? Because, you know, sometimes, now, I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I'm not a professional, but I don't know. But does insurance cover, like, mental health appointments? Yeah. Like, seeing psychiatrists? Yeah, um, a lot of, I want to say, and it's so funny. See, this is why you go to school, because I had to write a paper on it. Um, so they have this Mental Health Parity Act where, you know, um, it does allow for us to get access to mental health benefits. Now, again, we all have different insurance plans, so I can't speak to what uh, plans cover what, but, you know, the Mental Health Parity Act really opened up the door for people to not only get medical treatment for, you know, medical emergencies and those type of things, but also mental health. What act was this again? I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. It's the Mental Health Parity Act, P-A-R-I-T-Y. When would this, when did this happen? Um, I want to say, oh, now you're really trying to make me like go back. Because <laughs> it was actually, it was um, a few iterations of it. Um, see, I should break out my paper on you. No, I'm joking. 
Um, uh, let's see. So it started in 1966. Um, of course, I'm just looking it up. It says the Mental Health Parity Act is legislation signed into United States law on September 26, 1996, that requires annual or lifetime dollar limits on mental health benefits to be no lower than any such dollar limits for medical and surgical benefits offered by a group health plan or health insurance insurer offering coverage in connection with a group health plan. And so basically what it did was it it put in law that when they offer these type of medical benefits, they have to have some sort of mental health benefit as well. Um, and this happened in 1966? 1996. Oh, 96. Okay, 96. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I had never heard that until... Yeah. Uh, until I didn't either until I had to write a paper on it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and then uh, a lot of people don't realize that many, um, like even for me being in the position I'm in, you know, working on um, benefit plans for my uh, company, you know, a lot of employers now are looking at their employee assistant programs that um, are offered through different, um, like, for example, ADP, which is, you know, more for like a a um, payroll and um, human resource systems, they have, you know, an employee assistance program benefit. Um, and so a lot of people don't really, when you need help, <laughs> you can definitely get it. Um, and it's some, you know, counselors and therapists that also offer, you know, or organizations that you can go through um, that offer those type of um, health, you know, health, uh, services, let me say that, therapeutic services. And I think mental health is becoming more accessible because you have more therapists and, um, you know, psychiatrists and those type of people coming out with seminars and workshops to help people educate themselves because a, a component of it is psychoeducation. And so, you know, like I just saw on Instagram, someone that I follow, she's having this um, group. Uh, it's like a group that she's hosting. And again, like I said, a lot of people don't realize these groups that are put together by these licensed professionals, that's a form of therapy. You know, maybe you don't need individual sessions, maybe going to these groups, these small intimate groups that are talking about divorce or single parenting and co-parenting or, you know, living through, you know, um, a loss of a, a, a significant other, um, that, that's a form of therapy. So it's not always, you know, expensive to find uh, ways to cope with things. Well, I would, I would also say, like, um, if you, like, I don't know how you, how much you're into sports, but, like, the NBA has made a big push for mental health. Um, there's a basketball player, his name was Kevin Love. Well, not was, his name still is Kevin Love. <laughs> and he, he was very vocal about the issues that he was dealing with with mental health. And it's just becoming, I think now that, um, I think that now men, especially Black men, are being more open and honest about the issues they're going through, I think that's opening the door for people to be more open about it, like being more transparent about what they're going through. Yeah, I feel like we have to. I mean, the times are changing where every time you turn around, it's someone shooting a person because they didn't want to be with them no more. Um, you know, that to me right there is someone that definitely needs some, you know, therapy. Um, because, you know, it's like how we process our emotions is really, really a big deal. And I don't, I think 
for so many years, we just kind of tried to brush things off or tried to, you know, sweep things under the rug. But processing an emotion is so important. I mean, especially processing trauma. I mean, look at people who abuse spouses or, you know, even taking the R. Kelly thing. I mean, from, you know, people saying like, oh, something must be wrong with him. And then like, as they're listening to the documentary, I can hear people say, oh, well, you know, he was abused himself. I mean, abuse people, abuse people. Um, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and so when we don't address, you know, the mental health aspect of it, it really does play out in a way that sometimes is fatal and it's unfortunate. Um, I remember even hearing a story, I think like back in the day when, um, I want to say it was like when Lando Ramal first closed or something. I remember it was a girl and I, she was like burnt all over her body because of, um, someone dousing her with, you know, gasoline, an ex-boyfriend or something. I mean, when people can't process emotions, um, it can, it can be very, very harmful to others. And like I said, sometimes fatal. Yeah. You made this post, um, maybe as a month ago, two months ago, I can't remember when, but you made a post and it really caught my attention. You was talking about like, um, your career, the moves you want to make, but then you mentioned your, you, you know, you mentioned your son and being a single parent, and you were just talking about the struggle of balancing being a parent, being a single mom, and your career aspirations. I wanted you to elaborate more on that because it's, it's very interesting. Because the reason I want you to elaborate on it because you're an intelligent woman, you're a smart woman, and I just always, I just always am very intrigued about how women have to make a decision. Like, I feel like women, I'm not even going to say feel like, it, women seem to always have to make a decision regarding being a parent in their career. And I just wanted you to talk about that more. Um. Yeah, so just like now, like my son wanted to come and get something to eat in the middle of me trying to do something. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is very challenging. I mean, from... I can say, at least for me, um, when I decided to uh, commit to the responsibility of raising a human, I took it very seriously. And because I'm not in some sort of position where I don't have to, con you know, make a decision, like, I'm not in the position to just be like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, all this money and I don't, you know, have to make these hard choices about my commitment to work versus what I need to do for my son. Um, so I feel like as mothers, you know, even, even not being a single mother, but even women, you know, in general, we constantly are struggling to say like, okay, how am I making sure everybody's okay? And that just kind of looks different for everybody. But being a single mother, it, to me, is, is always more challenging because you feel like you're always making more sacrifices than anything. Yeah. What does it, do you feel like it gets any easier as, as your child gets older or no? Oh my God. Yes. Like, let me tell you, I was like, uh, when can you get something to eat on your own? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like counting the years, like, wait, let me put everything low on the bottom shelf of the fridge so you can reach it. Um, let me make sure the microwave is at counter height for you to be able to pop this thing open. Um, 
so yeah, it, it gets much easier. And one thing I always, you know, tell people it's, it's every year is a new challenge, but it definitely, to me, I can't say for everybody else. I feel like overall it gets easier. You still have some challenges. Like for example, um, my son now can be like, why, why are you the boss of me? Right. And I'm like, cause I am. <laughs> but um, he might not say that at two or three years old, right? Um, that at 11, um, he's wondering why I get to stay up late and he can't. And I'm like, uh, that's because I know how to wake up in the morning. I can still like process throughout the day and I can do all these other things and you are still developing. Um, so yeah, to me, it gets easier, but you face different, I guess, challenges. But, um, but I feel like, yeah, definitely, it definitely was easier for me um, because now we can communicate. Whereas when he was younger, um, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, why are you crying? <laughs> now you can tell me why you're crying or I even know. So, um, so yeah, I definitely feel like it gets easier. I don't know how to turn that off. I'm sorry. That's okay. We find your point. got So <laughs> if, if you, um, let me make sure I word this correctly. So was there ever a time like when you had to choose motherhood over your career? No, actually, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, mom, I need you to retire. <laughs> I was like, you are my plan. I don't have no other plan. Um, and thankfully enough, you know, my mom was in a position to retire. And, um, you know, my husband at the time, his mom was available during the day as well. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm very blessed in the sense where I didn't always have to make those hard decisions. Um, but I also changed my career once I found out I was pregnant. I, um, I found a job that was closer to my parents' home in Maryland. I wasn't, I was working all the way out in, um, McLean and Loudoun County. And so I stopped doing that because I knew that I needed to be closer on this side and that's really important to me like and this is what I talk to people about when I'm trying to help them creating some sort of support system if you already know I mean you're never really prepared I, I feel like I don't I don't know anybody that was like oh yeah I was totally prepared for this baby like everything worked out I mean I'm sure there's people out there but if you create a support system and you have that in place it makes a lot of things, now it doesn't make it smooth, but it makes a lot of things easier. And, and so that's what I did. Um, I made sure I talked to people constantly and was like, okay, you know, whether it was like somebody needing to watch Logan or pick him up for me or um, just whatever, like, you know, I made sure that I had that in place. Cause this like, I just remember like when my wife was going to school, she made it, you know, she made a decision to go to school to further her career. And I just remember it was times like, you know, even though she had me, you know, helping her, she she just seemed to always feel guilty about some things. And I was, you know, I never could understand it, but I'm not a mother either. So it's like. Well, you know, it's and a lot of times it's because we care so much. Now, I have seen some people that don't care and they don't care. <laughs> and um, but. I can say the ones that truly do, especially when it comes to people in their lives, it always is hard. It always feels like a sacrifice because it could be something else you could be doing, or it could be some, sometimes that could, that something else that you want to do is just sit down and do nothing. But you know, all the 20 million things you have to do, like grocery shopping or 
you know, paying some sort of bill or, you know, making sure that the house is clean, the clothes are washed or the dishes are put up or the, you know, for me, the trash is taken out or, you know, um, so sometimes, you know, you do, you, you feel like you're constantly making this sacrifice. Um, but I feel like most people that care wouldn't change it for the world because they have the people that they care about and the people that they care about are happy. But sometimes we get to that point, but that's why self-care is very important. You know, having those days where you take a moment, it's not even like doing like a massage or anything. It's just really just sitting down and watching a TV and not have to think. I remember all I wanted to do was not think for like five minutes. <laughs> like not think, not think for nobody, no, not think for myself, like just sit and not have to do. Sometimes I just sit with the TV off and I just be like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to think about nothing. Um, but, but sometimes you need those, you know, moments. Uh, and maybe that's my way of meditating, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, self-care is really important, but I, I think most of the people that truly care wouldn't change the sacrifices that they made. Definitely. Well, I, I can say just, you know, just from watching from afar, just, you know, just, you know, social media doesn't tell you everything, but we're friends and I could just see the <laughs> things you're doing. And I think you're doing an excellent job of just balancing life and work. It's, I know it's a hard and then, you know, especially with the single mom thing. So I definitely commend you for all the great things that you're out here doing. Thank you. Well, trust me, like I have to, people see, and the great thing about it is like those, this, this moment where you're like, you know, I think you're doing a great job. That means so much to people. I mean, even employees just saying, I think you're doing a great job, like sending them a text. It means so much. So for me, I can remember those. I can remember when I'm like, man, I just, I'm so tired. I'm so upset. I'm this or that. And I could be like, dang, you know, I just had a great conversation with James and he told me I was doing a great job. And you know, maybe I am doing a great job. <laughs> well, right? you can drop the maybe. You are doing a great job. You can drop the <laughs> no, maybe. No, but I'm maybe. saying like, those are the moments, like people don't realize like those, those simple things sometimes mean so much. And so, you know, I'm sure you tell your wife that all the time, but I mean, people don't realize that that means a lot. Like, just for someone to say, like, you're doing a great job. It means a lot. Because, you know, even when my son, like, sometimes he'll surprise me out the blue and be like, thanks, mom. And I'm like, wow, you really appreciate something that I did. Okay, thanks. Um, and it, it makes a big difference because we get in those moments. Those, I mean, that's why I named my Instagram what I named it, because sometimes it's those it's those gray moments, you know, you're not feeling unhappy, but you're not happy at the same time. You're just kind of in this gray mood. And, you know, just those small little compliments, like a woman walking past you that's like, oh my God, you look really nice today. It can turn that gray moment to white. And then you're like, oh my God, thanks. Like, this is an outfit I didn't even really like, but since you're <laughs> nice. you know what I mean? It's like those yeah. simple, those simple, small gestures. I mean, it makes a big difference. Well, yeah. I mean, again, you are doing a great job. Um, I just see everything you're doing, um, the moves you're making, the, like the, the page you're doing, and, and you're doing a great job. And I see your son, you know, he's growing into a young man, looks, seems to be doing health, seems to be healthy, doing great. So I commend yeah. you. And I also commend his father because I'm sure he had some input in that as well. So oh, yeah. I commend you both. So. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, how many more years I got until you move out? Like, 
Like, what? No, 18, you're out. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. And yes, you know, co-parenting is definitely interesting, but you know, you work through it. Uh, it's my only one and only child, one and only time that I'll be trying to co-parent. Uh, but you know, we, we're navigating. That's good. Well, again, I wanted to thank you for doing. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Is that of course, I would love people to follow me on social media, and my Instagram is at Seeing Gray Helps. All right. Well, again, I thank you for doing this because I know you got you know so much going on with school and work and being a parent. So again, thank you for doing this, and I want to thank. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying you're welcome. Thank you. And I wanted to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this, and you all have a great day.